0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
2: Well, welcome back,
3: everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. If you have a car question, now's the time to call in. The five lines are wide open. And uh, Gil is my engineer, he's the pilot of the airplane, and I get to sit in the second or third seat and do nothing but talk on the radio. But anyway, the phone number is 602-508-0960 if you have a car question or a car problem. Perhaps maybe you've been told something by a shop and you would like me to explain it better. I can do that for you. It's give and take. We ask questions of one another and then you know I, I, I'm going to need a little background with respect to what kind of car it is, how many miles it's got on it, stuff like that. But those are the issues and they're easy to overcome. It's I'll walk you through it and, and, not, and I'll help you out. So if you have a car problem and and somebody does cuz that's the noise I'm hearing in my headphones who might that be Gil Hey good morning to Joe Joe good morning how is it I can help you
2: Hey uh hey Mark uh thanks for taking my call so yeah so I'm actually in the car right now I don't know it the noise isn't happening now but it's um there's a lot it's like multifaceted kind of so when I'm driving, it only happens maybe like when I first start up, it's like a whistle. It sounds like it's coming from like the pulley area. And, um, but the weird thing is that when I brake, it like goes away. And sometimes I can only really hear it if I'm on the highway and there's a barrier next to me and then there's like a carton on the left or something. And it's just like this whistle and it definitely is like, I don't know if it's a wheel bearing or what, but it Okay, a, it's stop, stop, some, like, stop.
3: Okay, stop. This is t- I question and answer time, okay? Can I'm you sorry, make yeah. it happen? What's that? Can you make it happen?
2: Um So I'm on Bell right now, so like No, no, really get no, no. it's
3: list. a it No, listen now. It's a yes or no answer. Can you oh, make sir. this noise happen?
2: No, no sir.
3: Okay, so you haven't figured out that the air's on or the air's off or it's on a right turn or it's a left turn, or it's above 50 miles an hour, it's below 50 miles an hour. So you've got all those moving parameters. Now, is the noise a rhythmic noise? Is it? it does it mimic the speed of the engine or the speed of the car or the speed of the yeah. blower motor? Any of that?
2: Yes, sir. It definitely mimics uh, speed. Like if I'm going... Sixty, like definitely around sixty. It's like a whistle, and but it's like a like an offset whistle. You like, you know what I mean? Like a couple times off, then once, then a couple times. It's, it's.
3: I don't know. It's really strange. Okay. Did you say that you had a, a pedal a problem on the brake? That that, that 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 there's something that happens to the brake pedal? Did you say something like that?
2: Also, oh, I what I said was it if I'm up to speed and it and the noise is happening and I brake, it stops the noise okay. goes away.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, um, I'm, I can think of a couple of different things. If the noise is, is, is the, is the noise related to the speed of the car? So you can tell when the car's doing 10 miles an hour and you can tell when the car's doing 50 miles an hour by the noise. Yes or no?
2: Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't happen below 60 miles an hour, like at all.
3: Okay. Well, as long as you can demonstrate it, then don't go to the shop on Monday morning or Friday afternoon because those are pretty busy times and most of us can't take a drive with you but there's there's lots of shops that will just say can you make this happen and you go yes and say good I wanna ride in the passenger side I want you to make it happen then I'm gonna watch you and you're gonna tell me what you're doing to make it happen and then I want you to pull off the side of the road and we're gonna switch places and I'm gonna see if I can make it happen but if it sounds like that it's speed related it sounds like that it it may make a different noise at 40 miles an hour than it does at 60 miles an hour. Is that fair? Yeah,
2: that's fair. Okay. And then one more thing is that sometimes, more often than not, when I shut it off, it'll whistle real quick right before it dies. Okay. So I don't know if that's identifying it, but...
3: Well, that's, that's helpful because I'm thinking that you've got something wrong with the vacuum system or the brake booster the power brake booster, the power power brake booster will often, when it goes bad, it'll have a variety of symptoms, but one of them is a whistle. And there's also a check valve in the in the uh, in the vacuum line that attaches to the power brake brake booster, and and sometimes it can go bad. So I mean. Y- The more conversation you have with the shop, the better off you are and the cheaper the diagnosis is, especially if you can take them for a ride and they're going to say to you, you can't have my technician for an hour. You better be able to make it happen, you know, in the first mile or two. And you say, yeah, I'm just going to hop on the freeway. I'm going to go 45 miles an hour or whatever. But send somebody along that's going to recognize the problem. Don't give me your oil change guy that just you hired day before yesterday. I'm looking for a seasoned veteran. So, but you you have a symptoms that that from the very get go I I was thinking brake booster especially this whistle hit this whistle thing, that's typically a vacuum leak, and so it can be at the PCV valve, it can be at the brake booster, it can be at the cruise control module. There's a lot of different places that vacuum leak could happen, but that doesn't sound like a motor to me. That sounds like we've got something going on underneath the hood. And if you can make it happen and teach me, then certainly the shop can fix it. Find it and fix cool. it.
2: And the weird thing is, one more thing, Mark is when this first started happening, I did take it in. It was like a pet boys or something. I, I should have known better, but and they, I had them look at it, and they were like, "Oh, we, you know, what I mean, it's not the pulley, it's not none of that, and we don't know what it is." So I just left it, kind of went away, and now it's back. So.
3: Okay. Well, here's the thing. It. If if you can't make it happen, if you can't teach us how to make it happen, or if we can't hear it happen, then we really can't find it because it's not happening. There's people, I mean, we've been in business since God knows how long. Um, we've taken people's cars home. Hey, can you leave it with us for 24 hours? I've got Eddie who lives on the west side of town. He's one of my best diagnosticians with your permission. He's going to take it home and bring it back. And if it makes it, if it's going to, is it going to happen 20 miles to west side of town and 20 miles back? Yes, it is. Boom, we're done. Then Eddie will diagnose it. So those are the kinds of things. What part of town do you live in?
2: Um, so I'm up in the Surprise area, but I travel. This is another thing, too. I travel from Surprise to Phoenix every day for school. And what's weird is, Mark, it happens at the same times every day. Same okay, time.
3: none of that helps me. None of that helps me. I mean, I can't possibly guess because it happens at the same time every day. That's just not valuable information. What's more valuable is is what part of town? Give me some major cross streets, and I'll I'll send you to a shop close by.
2: Um, so I'm up in Surprise, like all the way at the end of Surprise, like 134. But so when I oh, I take the 303. To the northern parkway and by the time i get off the on-ramp off
3: the no parkway, listen on to me off- listen to me i am not interested in talking about your problem anymore i'm trying to find a geographical location tell me where you're going give me the major cross street to where you're going
2: so i'm gonna be in like uh, washington and like 7th that's where I'm at
3: every day. Okay, Indian School and Sixteenth Street, Twenty Fifth Street, and Indian School. Any those guys close by? Indian School and Sixteenth Street, Twenty Fifth Street, and, and Indian School. Are you close to either one of those two shops? Yes, sir. Okay, well, one of them's Martin's Auto, and one's Twenty Fifth Street Auto. Martin's Auto. 25th street auto those are the two shops that are close by both of those guys would have no problem if you can demonstrate it they can find it i guarantee you i don't know what their diagnostic charge is going to be but they're very good both of those guys are a shops i mean AAA shops they're the best got to run though joe thank you very much 602 the lines are wide open and we got another caller and say hello to bob bob good morning
4: good morning I have a question. Is there any benefit or detriment to using motor flush in a uh, a gas engine?
3: Um, are you talking about some kind of an oil additive?
4: Yeah, the, the motor flush that you used, you know, before you
3: change the oil. Okay. I don't like those products, and I'll tell you why. There's no real science that says that it's going to do anything for you other than take money out of your pocket and put it in somebody else's i 'm also concerned that today 's motors can run twenty five thirty five forty five thousand dollars so if if you put something in your engine that throws the motor oil out of specification and then your engine fails there's a, a there 's a large amount of shops in town that are going to run an oil analysis on it when they take that motor apart and when they find out that it 's got some kind of a bang something wrong with the oil then they're going to say to you what's going on and you say well I'm put this motor flush in there that's going to create a problem for you and you're not going to be able to say no I don't I only put motor oil in it because they've already done the oil analysis and they know you, that something else is in here so I'm not a fan of that I, I think if you just change your oil regularly and you do your best to have them do it when the oil's kind of warm I think that's the best you can hope for but um, I don't sell engine additives for that reason because there's no such thing as a can of scrubbing bubbles that's going to clean up your car, clean up your engine from the inside out because, first of all, the trash is going to go to the filter, and second of all, you're going to throw the oil out of specification, and I think that's a bad idea.
4: All right, then I have another question for you. Okay. Should you use, if you buy an oil filter, is there is there any benefit in buying a, manufacturer brand oil filter, Filter, in other words, if you have a Toyota, <clears throat> should you use a Toyota filter or a FRAM, the aftermarket oil filter okay. is adequate?
3: I can answer the question. There is no such thing as an oil filter manufacturer that just makes oil filters for Toyota, Honda, um, Chevy, Ford, Dodge. I want to tell you something. There's like two oil filter manufacturers in the world. They make everybody's oil filter. So I, I buy the cheapest oil filter I can find. I buy hundreds, if not thousands, of oil filters. I, today we're, we're Champ. We're using Champ filters. It's, a, it's got a good wide selection. They have great books, and it's a great filter. But the fact of the matter is, is I am not, there is no such thing as a Chevrolet part. You, I'll, I'll give you an example. You can go on Rock Auto and put your VIN number in there about your vehicle. And tell them you want an oil filter and it will tell you all the different brands of oil filters that fit your car. They'll tell you the part number and it'll tell you the brand. And I'm going to tell you that every single one of those oil filters comes from two manufacturers in the United States. Two. And all they do is make the same filter but they paint it blue for this guy and red for this guy and they put writing on it for this guy. It's the same damn oil filter. So right, you, it, it's and your car's not going to know the difference anyway. So whether if you hang a Ford oil filter on a Chevrolet, it's not going to know. No one cares. So no, the answer is sure. I don't. I'd buy the cheapest one I could find.
4: So buying any basic oil filter is fine. Buying the Extra Guard and the Super Guard or whatever they are, there's no benefit to doing that. In your there,
3: opinion, there is no benefit. And change the question, Mark. Do you do you, do you buy cheap oil filters? Well, I, I buy thousands at a time, so yeah, I try to buy. The, I, I mean, I try to get the cost of each filter down. Mark, do you use an o guard filter? Do you want use one with a secondary filtering system, or do you use one with a spring loaded this or a spring loaded valve? Yeah, I use them, all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't make any difference. I'm just looking for a company that's going to back me up if the oil filter blows off the car, if it blows the cap off of it or the can off of the seal. Then I'm going to need a little help from them, and they're going to help me but no, it, it, no matter what if you have a 100,000 mile car if there's, an oil, if there's an oil filter in the Fram or even Delco I mean, there's all kinds of oil filters in different boxes that fits all kinds of cars. So I, I'm, not a, I'm not an oil filter guy with respect to, uh, I, I want to use a Ford on a Ford or a Toyota on a Toyota. I think that's a huge waste of time. It's kind of like coolant. It's kind of like water. It's kind of like tires. They're all pretty much the same. Anyway, got to run though Bob. That's a great questions. Oil additives and oil filters that's great Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty, and we'll be back
0: take the patriot with you wherever you go the 960 the patriot mobile app your alexa tune in iheart and odyssey.com it's your voice of reason 24
5: 7 if you want to live like the wealthy, you need to think like the wealthy. Join Ference Toth each week for the Your Personal Bank Show, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Your Personal Bank is a powerful financial tool typically only shared with the ultra-wealthy by the financial industry. Learn how to gain control over your money, create tax-favored income, and access more funds over your lifetime. That's the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth, the show that can change your financial life, Saturdays at 9 a.m.
6: hey everyone you know let's all stop what we're doing right now and take a moment that felt good huh just like that we had a nice special sort of moment together of course they don't all need to be quiet moments to be special they could be loud moments goofy moments sporty moments Dorky moments. Moments where we talk or walk or just hang out. It doesn't really matter. They all count. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. (laughs) Sounds like somebody agrees. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Today, call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
5: Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -hmm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop.
7: Wait, 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 wait.
5: Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: A place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. 960 The Patriot.
3: So there's a couple of shops that are on the other side of the valley of one another, and they're two different shops. you got Strictly Diesel. And when Nate says strictly diesel, he means strictly diesel. The Chevys, the Dodges, and the Fords, strictly diesel. He's up at Pinnacle Peak and I-17. He's been around a long time. He sells parts 24 hours a day on their website, and he's a diesel aficionado. He knows diesels. So if you live in that area of I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road, or if you've got a diesel problem on a Ford, Chevy, or Dodge that nobody else can find, I promise you, Nate can find it. That's strictly diesel service and repair. On the other side of the valley is Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Since 1970, they've been in Mesa providing great care to their customers. Now, Brian and Thelma married up two families from the 60s and the 70s that had gas stations, so both of those young people, Brian and Thelma, have have grown up in an environment where the smell of gas was typically a smell that they smelled at their house because dad just got home and he's wearing the uniform from Union 76 or Shell or Exxon or something like that. So Thompson's is the only place in Mesa I can recommend you go. There's lots of shops, but I I insist on... The person be honest, dependable, well-skilled, and and been around a long time. And Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing, they're on Main Street just east of Stapley. They're good for that. Keith, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning?
7: Good morning, sir. I called you over a year ago and a uh, couple of basic questions about an old Willie's Jeep. I ended up buying a 1970 Kaiser Jeep, and I have two questions that should be quick. The okay. so first, I'm in the very north Phoenix area, like Anthem. Okay. I'm looking for a general maintenance place that I could take it for work because I'm not a mechanic.
3: Okay, are you off the 101 north?
7: Uh, I'm north of that, yeah, and I'm right off I-17 and Carefree Highway, so way north Uh-oh. of Phoenix. Okay.
3: Okay, um, well, Deer Valley and I-17 is Action Auto. Okay. Deer Valley and I seventeen, and then uh, Kurtz is at Bell and I seventeen, and both of those guys are really, really good guys. And if my mother lived in that area, I'd probably oh, I would send my mother there. She's not gonna go there because her son lives in Tempe, but um, <laughs> okay. yeah, but but, but those, either one of those two guys can can take care of you. And, and they, they what was the second one? Kurtz, Kurt, K U R T Z. It's C U R T S, C U R T S, I seventeen and Bell, and then you've got um. Action Auto, which is I-17 in Deer Valley, and the owner's name is Tom. And if you want to talk fishing, if you're a fisherman, then ask Tom. Salem says you fish with dynamite. Is that true? And then that will open up the subject about fishing, and you'll spend the rest of your life talking fishing with Tom.
7: Uh, You bet. Last question, uh, also the same vehicle. It has a 4-inch body lift that I have to take off. It's crooked and just too high center of gravity same two places to remove that, or would there be a different type of place to remove this uh, body lift?
3: No problem. There's no problem. There's no problem. They're just going to lift the body off, take out all your spacers, and set the body back down. Now, there's going to be some new mounts that have to be purchased, some new donuts, Mm -hmm. some new rubber and stuff. You probably ought to go to Rock Auto and get those yourself to save them the time and trouble it's going to take to find the, the stock body mounts. Now, they may take it apart, and find out that, this, that somebody stacked the mounts. So they put the stock one in there, then they put another one on top of it and put a longer bolt in it. If that's the case, then we just take one of them out. But I would also say to both of those guys, one or the other, whoever you pick, do you think it's a good idea for me to take the body mount, uh, the lift off of it, and tell me what the ramifications are, because when you set the body back down, we're going to have to probably adjust the steering column and probably do some shifter linkage adjustments because we're going to now move the body closer to the frame. And so, right. so just have that conversation with them. They, they, they're going to be in a good position to guide you.
7: You bet. Is that You're thinking that's a pretty costly uh, uh, thing to do?
3: No, because all they did is lift the body off the frame, and there's four, five, six mounts. So they modified them somehow. So the question then is, is if you say, here's a picture of the stock mounts, and here's six of them right here. Take what they've got out and put these back in. A good guy is going to look it over and call you back and say, yep, it's a straight-out shot. It's just straight labor, lift them up, take the old ones out, put the new ones in, and set it down. But I'm going to have to adjust the steering column. I'm going to have to adjust the clutch pedal linkage because we're moving the cab away from the frame. So there's going to be some ancillary charges as well. But that's the conversation that will happen.
7: Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, sir. I love your program. I listen every chance I get.
3: Thank you very much, Jack. Thank you. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. Um do we have anybody in queue right now? Okay, I'm sorry. Keith and Jack, I'm sorry. Jack, you're up next. How can I help you?
9: Good morning. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I I know you've talked about this before, but my daughter has a two thousand five Honda Odyssey. And she's getting ready to change the antifreeze coolant. hmm And and I look in the owner's manual and it says, you know, use Honda such and such type two or equivalent. Now, I really appreciate your discussions on how there's very few manufacturers that make stuff. And I understand Honda doesn't make their own antifreeze, but I, what is equivalent? How do we figure out what the equivalent is that would work in a Honda? I, there's all these different colors, you know, orange and yellow and blue yeah. and green. And yeah. yeah, that's I, it. I, I, can't keep, I can't keep track of it. So, can you help <laughs> me understand how I figure out what to put in that Honda?
3: Okay. Um, what color does it have
9: now? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. No.
3: okay, so that's the first thing I do. I'd get an old turkey baster from your wife's uh, drawer. And uh, okay. and tell her that she's gonna have to buy a new one next time she goes to grocery shopping and, and suck okay. some some shuck some coolant out of it and, and if it's it'll be uh, it can be red it can be yellow it can be green it can be blue it can be orange whatever orange is like a universal and there's nothing wrong with a universal coolant um, okay. Honda can, Honda can be a blue Honda can, has a variety of colors um, it, orange is typically something of a, of an import but but then then that changes a lot too. I want to tell you, I'd use a name brand, and I, there's two kinds of coolants. One of them is going to be good for about thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand miles, and one's going to be good for like a hundred thousand miles. And there's, the like price is one. going to reflect that. So, okay. but it, are you going to do the flush yourself, or are you going to take it and have it done?
9: No, she'll probably do it. She's pretty handy, so okay. she'll
3: do it. Okay, all right. So what what she needs to do is 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 there. She can buy a fluid that is going to have on the bottle, Honda. It's, she can find something like that. And if, if that puts her in her comfort zone, then by all means, go ahead and do that. But there's lots of universals. So if she walked into Pep Boys and she said to them, my Honda's out there. What does your manuals, what does your parts book says of the fluid I should put in the cooling system? And they say, this one right over here. And, and she says, "Okay, is there something that you would do different?" Yes, I would use this universal because it's half the price of the first one I showed you. So the universal okay. is just as good, but it's half the price. That's the conversation that will take place.
9: Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's pretty straightforward.
3: Yeah, um, and 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 who's going to do the the the? She's going to do the work herself. Um, what part of town is she in? Tell me.
9: Well, I'm I'm actually in New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. So, oh,
3: I see. So you're calling me from New Mexico, and the daughter's in New Mexico.
9: Yeah.
3: Okay. And, Here's and the and deal. I, hey, let me tell okay. you something. Okay. okay. Have her just drive by a couple of shops, not on a Monday morning or Friday afternoon. Just drive by a couple of shops and say, my dad wants me to change. Just We're going to just lie, okay? It's okay. She's not going to go to hell. But, okay. uh, my dad wants me to change the coolant. And basically, um, would you take a look at my car? Would you look at the coolant in the overflow or in the radiator and tell me what kind you'd use? And, okay. and have her check with two or three shops because when women come in like that, we bend over backwards to guide them. And she's probably going to get the same answer from all three shops. Boom, we're done. Then she knows what to do. Now, if she buys it diluted, she's going to have to mix it with water. But right. if she buys a diluted one it's already half water and half coolant and it's half the price of a gallon of, of unadulterated coolant so she's probably better off with the ones that are already mixed with water so she doesn't have to make sure she's got an exact 50 50 mix so yeah. and a universal that's already diluted that's 50 fifty is what she needs i gotta run the lines uh I'm up against a break six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty six oh
9: two five oh eight zero nine sixty with ChristianHeadlines.com.
0: What's wrong with the weather? Are COVID climate engineering operations already ongoing? Are weather modification operations robbing us of our rain? What else is our government hiding from us about COVID-19 and countless other issues? If you want answers to questions corporate media talking heads won't touch, tune into to the weekly non-political commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. on 960 The Patriot. This is Dane Wigington with Geoengineering Watch.
6: Hey, guys, let's play some video games.
0: This new dad
6: plays video games with his sons. But the challenge feels like he's lifting a metric ton. So many buttons. His avatar just stares at the walls. Twists and turns and somehow falls. Help me. He's tangled up in the controller's cords. I just don't understand this crazy digital world. Crazy, crazy digital world. Zeroes and ones. But the love from his kids is totally apparent. Ooh. See, you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent.
4: You should have just played catch. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings
0: in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council.
1: Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the why? Or so you think. Sure, you know the why for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the why, someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the why. Why? We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the why as that place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the why. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more.
10: Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. All about that theme and
4: all that more back
3: everybody, thirty-four minutes after the hour, of eleven o'clock. Um, hey, I was just talking to Jack in New Mexico, and Jack, um, I had a consultation because one of the guys has my cell phone number, and he goes, he says, "You're not explaining cool good enough." And I, and I'm, he's right. Right now, we have green, amber, blue, orange, and red. And then we have a variety of other kind of colors that it's kind of hard to tell you. And each one of them has a different thought process. But really what we're looking at is is a pre one, which is 50% coolant, 50% water, or an un- unadulterated one that you're going to have to mix with water. So if you're going to be doing a cooling system change, then you get a gallon of mic- of coolant of, 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 of a, not a mixture, doesn't have water with it. And then you mix it with tap water or whatever water you want to. And then you make your own two gallons with a one gallon unadulterated. So that's kind of how it works. The color's not really that important, but uh, if she talks to the auto parts stores, especially in New Mexico where you're from... The auto parts stores will understand what the range of protection needs to be. You see, in Phoenix, we don't need to protect your car from 60 below zero because no one's seen that in a four million years in Phoenix. On the other hand, there are other places in the in the in the in the United States that see you know 20, 30, 40 below zero, and those are the ones that are going to need to to have that kind of protection. So in Arizona, we're on the top end of the spectrum, so we're protecting the engine somewhere in the vicinity of 180 to 230, 240 degrees, and obviously in Anchorage uh, or in the, Ar- Arctica, uh, in the Antarctica circle, they're going to have a different need. So anyway, let's go with the phones. And, uh, Neil, you're up first. How can I help you?
9: Yes, Mark. Uh, I have a 2018 Dodge Ram with a 6.7 with 15,000 miles on it. Okay. I have a readout that says my fuel filter is 0% life left. Do you find that at 15000 it's necessary to change uh, both those fuel
3: filters? Um, <laughs> um, what they're doing is, is they're keeping track of how many times you started it, how long you drove it, how many times you've gone through a heat cycle, the miles, if you drive it hard, if you drive it soft, blah, 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 blah. That's what they're doing. So then they're going to pop up this message center that says, based on our analysis of your driving habits, you should replace both fuel filters. I don't do fuel filters on my Dodge, and I have the same same thing you have. I've got the 6.7, and I have a 12 Dodge, a 6.7, and it's got 160, 170,000 miles on it. And I'm doing my fuel filters about every 30 to 40,000 miles. I do both of them at the same time. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not uncommon for me not to do them for 50,000 <laughs> miles, because I'll forget or whatever. Or I'll bring it in for an oil change, and my son will forget to instruct the technician that works for me to replace the fuel filters if you have a problem with a fuel filter you're you're going to have a tough time going 66 miles an hour but it'll do 64 and 65 fine but at 66 it's got a little lurch to it that means your filters are restricting the flow of fuel and you and you'll need to have those replaced but i don't know that i've ever seen anybody have to be towed in because their fuel filters were partially plugged that's never happened in my world does that help you
9: Yes, that's great information. Let me ask you one other question. Okay. Does the fuel filter uh, fall in the same category as the oil filter as far as what type to buy?
3: It does. It it, it, it it's okay. It, you just when you go into the auto parts store, you just say to them, "I'm looking for a pair of fuel filters for my 18 Ram six seven diesel, and I'd like to know the different brands." And then if, and, and if they give you a bunch of, you know, I got a Baseline and I got a Fillmore and I've got a Scottsdale and I've got a main and I've got you know this kind of fuel filter, but then I have a Fram. I think you'll agree, you're going to grab the Fram. You know what I mean? So you're going to look for a name that you can trust and you're not going to have something that's got uh, foreign writing all over the top of it and and, and it's okay for you to say to the auto parts store let's try this filter and this filter. Would you bring those out and let me look at them and you open them up and the gasket on this one's thick and sticks above the metal part of the shell and the gasket on this one is just barely above the metal part of the shell which means we don't have much crush to tighten that son of a gun up. So you can look at the difference and you can feel them in your hand and if one filter weighs a whole bunch more than the other filter. I take the one that has more paper in it. I take the one that's going to filter more, more, a more thorough job. Those are the kinds of things you look at.
9: All right. Thank you for the info. All
3: right, Neil. You betcha. Edwin, you're up next. How can I help you?
11: Hey, Mark. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you. I have a BW 1.9 liter uh, turbo diesel from a 1993 Jetta. Um, I'm looking just looking for a mechanic anywhere in the Phoenix area that would actually... Diagnose an issue that I have with the motor.
3: Okay, um, what part of town are you in?
11: I'm off the 303 and Cactus.
3: Okay, um, but I have I'm...
11: a trailer, so it, the, the motor is actually in a, uh, a Suzuki Samurai.
3: Oh, so, okay. Okay, so... Um, well, to the uh, to the south of you, Larry Harker's 38th Avenue in Indian School. Larry Harkers, H-A-R-K-E-R-S, Larry Harkers. Oh, Harkers, okay. Okay, and then east of you, Kurtz Auto is at I-17 in Bell. Kurtz is with a C, Kurtz Auto. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you got, uh, it, I mean, is there any other part of the town that this vehicle uh, regularly resides in?
11: Well, I have a trailer, like I said. Oh, okay, okay. I can, I can take it anywhere to somebody that's willing to touch it because it's a mechanical, so usually people, if they can't throw something on a computer, they're not going to touch it. So. Oh,
3: and, and this is a gas motor, right? It's a diesel. Okay, if it's a diesel, you might call Nate at Strictly Diesel.
11: Yeah, I called Nate, and whoever I got on the line said they wouldn't touch it
3: okay and and there's a lot of us that have different cars that have eaten our lunch before and we never yeah. forget it and so we don't take them in but well but a the, lot of them are
11: worried about sourcing uh, the parts but that's not a problem for me to get the parts so because i can do all that for them but what so what happened with the motor was i blew a high uh, pressure fuel line kay. and i replaced it and then i went through all the. i'm not a mechanic but i you know i know a little bit of the basics of it and i start got the motor to start um uh I kept the line loose so it, you know purge all the air out of it and uh so it ran and so I sat there and idled it and tried to get it up to temperature and it developed a bog and then just stalled and then I couldn't get her going again.
3: Can you get it going with ether if you sprayed ether in the mouth of the motor?
11: Uh I've never tried that, no.
3: Let's try that. Let's try a different fuel. Just crank it over and see if it'll if it'll fire and run for a second and then shut off. That's good news that's good news, then that's what they're going to do anyway. They're going to see if they can get it running. And then the question right. is, are we missing sp- compression or are we missing fuel? Because that's all we need on the diesel, compression and, and right. fuel to make it run. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, they'll take care of you.
11: I appreciate you,
3: sir. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Edwin. 602 The phone number's wide open. We got five of them, so if you have a car question, you can. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be back in about three minutes. I'm Mark Salem right here on KKNT. Every Saturday from 10 to noon, we're talking about cars, and my email address is mark with a K, at MarkSalem.com. And if you uh, want to do an email, just give me a phone number because sometimes I call you back because I don't want to type a book and ask you a bunch of questions. Anyway, we'll be back right after this.
12: Tune in to
3: cover your
5: assets with Logan Marcus. So being a fiduciary at its heart really just requires that you to be effective, responsible, communicative, and
12: competent. Get on the right path to achieve your retirement goals.
5: This is something that we'll want to customize and talk to you about specifically, tailor, make it to your circumstances.
12: Cover your assets with Logan Marcus, Saturdays at 4 p.m. right here on 960 The Patriot. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse, because prediabetes can be reversed.
4: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Prediabetes Awareness Partners.
12: Captain
7: Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot, uh, hit an IED that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I don't want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America.
3: Welcome back, everybody, 44 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We've got about 15 minutes left in the show. If you'd like to call us, you can, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, and we don't have anybody in queue right now, but let me, I don't want to end the show on a bad note or anything like that, so that's not what I mean, but um, let me explain some of the things that people do that really create problems for the people, Um, and, and, and and it's, I'll give you an example a lady will come in and tell us to fix something on the car. We know good and well that her son or her husband found something on the Internet or talked to a friend of theirs, and none of us want any part of that kind of a repair. Because here's the deal. We put an alternator on the car. We don't even know why. We're just told to put an alternator on the car. We put an alternator on the car, and they come back, and they say, it's still doing it. And our answer is, We didn't fix anything doing it. You instructed us to put an alternator on your car. We did that. And when it left here, we gave you the readings. At idle, it's 13.1. At at wide open throttle, when you were raising it up, it's 14.2. The amperage is between 15 at idle. And when we're full field the battery, it goes to 60 amps, and that's the alternator. Well, no, no, no. You did something wrong because it didn't fix the problem. Well... We didn't fix the problem because your diagnosis was incorrect. <laughs> so it's not our fault. We we as an industry, that's the way to start off on the wrong foot. And, and and you wives, you're the ones that are in the middle of this kind of a conversation. And we feel bad about that. My daughter works the front counter. My wife works the front counter. Um, we process 20, 30 cars a day. And they hear that all the time. And they're very sympathetic to the wives. And oftentimes the shop will say, well, if your husband knows the history of the reason why we're doing this, can we just call him? And that usually short circuits the whole thing. And we can then call the husband and say, "Okay, tell us what symptom you got. And then tell us how you have to understand that if we do the repair, if it doesn't work, then some people say, well, you didn't do it right. I don't want to pay you. Well, no, we put an alternator in there. The one we took out was working fine. We noted all of that on our paperwork. We wrote on your ticket, we don't know. You just instructed us to do this. We did what you said. Your diagnosis was incorrect. You thought that would fix it, and now you want us to pay for your bad diagnosis. We don't like that, and it happens so very often, and it's typically a lady uh, in front of the f- us on the counter trying to regurgitate what her boyfriend or her husband or her brother told her to do. And it's just a very uncomfortable situation. We just don't want any part. Our industry doesn't like that. We don't want that kind of 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 the customer tells us how to fix the car. Inevitably, if the, they they want us to uh, whatever, they want us to do something to the car, we do it. What the problem's still there? That means you didn't do it right no that can mean that you diagnosed it wrong and you instructed us to do the repair based on your diagnosis so your diagnosis was wrong and as a result we didn't fix it we wrote down what you said and we have actual videotape of you at the front counter and we've reviewed that and you never said anything about symptoms so perhaps maybe you just forgot that but we're not going to make a refund because you told us to replace the alternator that's what we did and we, and, and we called you and told you there's nothing wrong with the alternator. The dial pattern's clean. The the values are good at idle. The voltage and amperage values at idle are good at 3,000 RPM. They're good. I don't know why we're doing this. And you said, no, just change it. Well, it didn't fix your problem because somebody else misdiagnosed it, and that's what happens. We have a caller. Who might that be? Say hey, good morning to Renee. Renee, good morning.
8: Hey, Mark. Boy, I like your show. Not Thank much you. for this, but I had a quick question for you because I – I liked your thinking. We have an F one hundred and fifty. It's about a year and a half old, it's still under warranty, and the engine light was coming on. We had it diagnosed at the Ford dealer, is still under warranty, but it says that the catalytic converter is bad. Okay. And uh, talking to another uh, service tech, he said, "You know, I've never seen one of those go. I don't know about that." But we had it diagnosed, and to put on a diagnostic. Also, it doesn't want to go from. The second, it goes from first to third every time And when we put it, you know, when we're, we're driving. You know, it's just, it's, um, it just it skips second gear each time. Okay. Now, we, it's under warranty. We take it and get all this fixed, but the catalytic converter is way on back order as soon as we'll get it. Does this sound normal? Have you heard these things?
3: Well, it, it is true that we're having parts um, problems. parts problems. That's true. Um, it's not uncommon for us to have at least one or two cars on our lot in Tempe okay. that are waiting for parts that could be anywhere from three days to three weeks. So, yes, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's I, the case. I understand
8: that. I, yeah, I, I believe them on that. It's just odd. Have you heard of catalytic Converters going bad? And
3: well, here's the deal. the new vehicle? I disagree with anybody who says, uh, it shouldn't go bad on a new car, or they say, and they just throw okay. something out there that's kind of a hand grenade on the dinner table, and, and it, it calls into all kinds of questions. Here's the deal. I can I know that a fuel pressure regulator, when it pops the rubber diaphragm, it causes a tremendous amount of fuel to be sent to the motor, and that fuel will not completely burn off. It'll go into the catalytic converter, and it'll melt the catalytic yeah. converter down to the ground. It's like a house that burns down inside out. So I can think of a lot of reasons why that would happen Mm -hmm. early on. Another easy could be that the mass airflow sensor is telling the computer we're doing 60 when we're really doing 30. The mass airflow sensor is all screwed up, so it's telling, give me 60 miles an hour worth of fuel. But it didn't tell the computer, well, the speed sensor said we're doing 30. So the computer opens up that fuel valve, which is going to melt the catalytic converter. So it's true that we, we find the catalytic converter, but we can't really do anything till we replace it. And then we're going to go upstream and make sure that the fuel and air mixture is correct. And we're going to watch the O2 sensors work. So when I'm driving it, and I have Renee with me, I'm going to throttle it to the floor, and I want to see the O2 sensor go to 5. Good. And then I back off the throttle, and it better go to 1. Good. And I set cruise control at 65, and it's 2.5 beautiful too beautiful so that's what goes on you replace the you find out the catalytic converters melted down you know it's a, an overfuel situation typically or it could be that it's just defective it's just yeah, it was made yeah, there bad there you go and yeah. so there's a screen inside the catalytic converter and we're kind of separating the different beds and see what the catalytic converter is you know what it is it's a charcoal grill inside of a can Inside of this catalytic converter is charcoal briquettes. This is for visual purposes. And then we're going to glow them red hot. So as the exhaust comes through the catalytic converter, we're going to consume the rest of the fuel molecules in the catalytic converter that we didn't consume in the engine. So what comes out of the tailpipe is good, clean air. That's what a catalytic converter is. It's a giant, big furnace. Wow. And it's supposed to burn the fuel that the engine doesn't consume. So, yes, there is a time when new ones fail, new alternators, new air conditioning okay. compressors, and all that right. other stuff. So, Well, we just...
8: I think that, uh, yeah, I, we'll just, uh, it's under warranty, thank heavens. It's just going to take a little time, and we're patient, that's okay, it still drives, and that's okay. all right. Which, but um, my second part, the other, st- part, I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: Uh, um. Are you dealing with Sanderson by the way? No okay no okay. I just asked go ahead with right. the second part of your yeah, question no,
8: no, right here in, uh, yeah, right here in Scott so um I know it's, uh, you never know who to really trust, I hate to say that, but the they you know it's under warranty. second part was it does it goes from first to third it skips second gear every time Always okay had.
3: what what I would do is that I would sit next to you, are you the primary driver?
8: Uh, no, my husband is, but I'm always. We're you know we're together a lot, so that's okay. cool. I can. Is okay. it possible
3: he kind of does a jackrabbit star, start at a traffic light? He might be the first one through the intersection, not where he's burning the tires. Don't misunderstand. He's just no, kind of
8: no, no, no. He's okay. real slow with it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. All
3: right. So. so what I I would do? I would go take a ride with him, and I would watch him. And it could be that he's real soft-footed. And if it's soft-footed, and, and here's what happens. If you're kind of hard-footed at the beginning, the computer watches the RPM, the vehicle speed, and first gear. Well, it's, it knows to sh- that in, in, when you get to the X point, you should be in third gear. So it says, well, he already used up a bunch of power on the first, so I'm just going to shift wow. him to third. So that gotcha. happens sometimes. So he can also manually take control of it by pulling it down on the shifter and shifting with the lever. So he goes first gear and then he pushes the top of the lever. Two, uh three. So he makes sure he's got all of it. But it could easily be the driver causing this. He just doesn't understand huh. the computer. And sometimes we modify your driving habits just a tad. And so... um mm-hmm. We just ask. We would ask your husband, can you climb on the throttle a little bit harder? We don't want you to burn the tires all the way through the intersection. Right. But just right. climb on okay. the Right, okay. And here's here's what I want you to do. Take, pay particular attention once you're at an intersection. Is your husband the first one through the intersection, or is the lane next to him got three cars already in front of him by the time he gets to the other side? Yeah. That means he's yeah. real soft-footed, and that could right. be the problem. But it's not a problem. It's the computer saying hey, I don't need, uh, he, I'm going to put him in third Right, year.
8: don't need second. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that, that's a great idea. You're great. You do wonderful mm-hmm. stuff. Thank you so much for your time.
3: Yeah, thank you very much, Renee. And, of course, you know my wife's name is Renee, so you have to be an exceptional <laughs> lady. Now, is your husband's name Mark?
8: No. Okay, no. Okay. So Just checking. There's the difference there, but that when I called, they said... Is this is this Mark's wife? I said no. <laughs> that was a good chuckle. Love the whole the whole station. I've listened to all you guys. You're wonderful. Thank, Thank you very you much. Thank you so
3: much, Mark. Okay, you bet. You know, there's good shops out there, and I'm going to touch base on a couple of them real quick for you. You got Auto Dynamics in Sun City. Chuck's been there since 1982, and I've known Chuck for a very very long time. I've known Chuck since 1970 72. So Autodynamics is he's on north side of Grand Avenue, just west of 99th Avenue. And Chuck pays his salaries, his, his technicians a salary. He doesn't pay him a commission or a percentage of the repair bill because Chuck says he wants to ensure that they don't, unsell, they don't sell unnecessary parts or repairs. So if you're in Sun City, I would love to recommend two or three shops there, but I can't. I can't because I can't find them, but I can tell you that Auto Dynamics in Sun City is a good place to go. Then you've got Larry Harker's Auto, we talked about that in the last segment, 38th Avenue and in Indian School. Between Bob, the shop guy, and his his nephew, those two guys are one of the finest pair of technicians. Bob has Tremendous fundamentals on older cars, but the, his his son-in-law, or his I think it's a nephew, um, or son-in-law, I don't remember. He is really good on the new cars. So you've got old and new, and these two guys work together like there's nobody else. So Harker's has been around since 1967. So if you live anywhere near 38th Avenue and in Indian School, then Harker's is a good place. And that's assuming that you're looking for a repair shop. That's just assuming. And then you got Tom Blackwell. Tom Blackwell. Tom Blackwell is over at 40th and, and Greenway. Tom and I have been friends, and we're two peas of a pod. Both of us have huge mouths. Both of us think that we know everything about cars that anybody could possibly know, although I know a little bit more about Tom than Tom does. But both of them are of a are very principled and it's not uncommon for for Tom and I to uh to dismiss an employee after the second time we found out that he didn't follow procedures or he's not at the skill level he needs to be for the money that we're paying him. So it's uh, it is Tom and I both are well seasoned in auto repair and I'm I've been a master technician since 1991 which means I've passed all eight automotive service tests. So, from transmissions to differentials to air conditioning, climate controls to fuel delivery to emissions, all that kind of stuff, I've recertified on a regular basis. And so, Tom's that way too. Blackwell Automotive, 40th, and Greenway. He's a good guy. And then you got Phil at automatic transmission. Phil at Automatic Transmission Exchange has been in business since 1968. He started with the power glides, the two-speed power glides and the GMs. He started with the old the torque flights on the Chrysler, and now he's morphed into these five, six, seven, eight-speed automatics that are shifting by the computer. He knows the fundamentals, so he can diagnose those problems. So if you have a problem with a transmission and you want someone to take a drive and you can show them the problem then stop by Automatic Transmission Exchange at 40th Street in Washington. But you can't do that on Monday morning or Friday afternoon for obvious reasons. So obviously Tuesday about 10 o'clock in the morning is a perfect time for you to do that. Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington. My email is mark at marksalem.com. Mark with a K, Salem like the cigarette. Mark at marksalem.com. I'll see you next Saturday right here on KKNT.